This is Market Ready, a brand new podcast about how companies bring products to market. On this season, we go behind the scenes and give you an in-depth look at the world of product marketing and answer questions like, what is product marketing? What are the core skills you need to be a product marketer? How is product marketing different at large and small companies? And so much more. But before we dive in, this episode is brought to you by Truly Marketing and Management. Truly is a marketing and events management firm that specializes in curating content, community engagement, and social media management. To let the world know your product is market ready, visit trulymanage.com slash market ready. That's T-R-U-E-L-I manage.com slash market ready to learn more. This week, we were going to start about our own personal story. So, Maisha, why don't you start? How did you get into product marketing? Yeah, that is a journey in of itself. I actually fell into the role of a product marketer. Um, for a while, I actually started my career off as an analyst um, in the healthcare industry, but realized that I did not want to get my PhD in sociology or actually pursue a a role in healthcare. And I was starting to look for what is it that I wanted to do next. And for the longest time, I actually thought I was going to go in advertising and do that whole route of being an account executive and moving up from there. But I quickly found out about something called a brand manager, which was really a popular thing at the time, especially for folks Um, post MBA. Like that was a role that uh, if you were going to get your MBA and wanted to go into marketing, brand management was the thing to do. And so I um, started to pursue that uh, brand management role. And it just so happened that I had a friend at the company I was working with at the time who who was a recruiter recruiting um, contractor roles for Google. And I got connected with her and I actually interviewed for a partner brand manager role at Google and I got the position and I uh, started on the Android marketing team, right? As Android was really on this growth path and when we were changing from Android market to Google Play. So it was actually a really great time to come in and really learn about technology and branding and how you do that. Um, but at Google is where I actually learned about what a product marketer does. So um, most roles at Google are considered product marketers. Like you are a marketer com- confined to one specific product that's there. Um, and so in my role, I was considered a product marketer working on products for Android at the time. And so that allowed me to really learn more what a product marketer does. How do you start to think about go-to-market strategy? How do you fit branding into that? You know, and how do you take a, a product to launch, not just here in the U.S., but nationally and all those different steps that you have to think about it. And so that's how I initially got my first step into product marketing. So that's fascinating. You said you're a product marketer, but you're a brand partner. So what part did brand play into your role? Yeah, so branding was really huge. So we, Google's at that time is one of those companies where, and and you'll see this at certain tech companies where they're not large enough to hire like a brand agency per se or to have somebody who thinks through the brand only. So oftentimes if you're the first product marketer on the team, you are thinking about brand and you are thinking about how do I 
you know, what is the value prop of this particular product? How do I start to create a brand that resonates with customers, that wants them, that makes them invested in the product, wants them to buy over and over again, stay loyal to your particular brand? And so for us, working on the Android mobile side, it was a really competitive landscape because we were competing against Apple, who yeah. was just dominating the field with um, the iPhone and the way that they messaged and positioned the iPhone in the market. Um, and at the time, Android was really trying to figure out, okay, well, who are we? What do we want to be known for? You know, um, uh, what what is it about our phones that makes us different than Apple, like what, what what can we offer? So the branding component at the time was really around how do we start to have our position in the marketplace? Android as a brand, not just as a product, not just like something that people know and use, but us as a brand that people can recognize and, you know, want to, um, where can we start building that brand loyalty? So I feel like that goes beyond just like the product. The product Android was already out there and launched. It was more on like that later stage of like a product marketing phase where it's now starting to time to think about like who are we and what do we want us ourselves to be known for in the market. And how do you think about Android? Now, admittedly, I'm actually a big Android fan. I haven't really liked the iPhone. I tried the iPhone 4 was like the last phone I had. So it's been a while. Um, So I'm a big Android fan. But I'm curious is like, is Android the operating system? Are you thinking about Android as the device? Because there are several brands kind of within Mm -hmm. there, right? Google Play has its own identity. Android as an operating system. And now all the way fast forward, Google has their own devices, which wasn't at the time that you were there. But like my phone now is like the Google Pixel. So they really started to evolve kind of this brand identity. But there's several things kind of tied to that device, but all have different brands. Exactly. And that's where we were at. We were at the fact where we have Android operating system, just this overall thing. But how do we actually start making it more than that? How do we start to build an ecosystem of our brand? And so one component of that was like just the Android robots and creating that love. So if you see the green robot, um, that's a part of it. Um, Another part of it is just we knew that we had partners with like Samsung, LG, um, you know, eventually Google created their own product Mm -hmm. line, but building really strong uh, partnerships with different um, OEMs or original manufacturers were a part of that component too. But it was about teaching them how to be consistent and how do you talk about Android, Um, making sure that when our brand represented like we're an ingredient brand here. So it really was about like bringing in partnerships into this whole ecosystem that we were trying to build. And so it was much more than just the product itself. It's interesting. It seems like Android OS almost became like that Intel sign, right? The the device manufacturers became the hardware and you knew Android was stable and it almost became what Intel was back in the day. You could have a Dell, you could have a Hewlett Packard, but you were looking for that kind of component parts to be really consistent, which is really fascinating. So did you have a separate brand team or were you responsible for controlling that brand identity and messaging? Yeah, my whole team was a part of like that brand team. And so we worked on everything like that consistency that I talked about. So we would be the ones working with the Samsungs and the LGs to say, hey, whenever you're talking about Android, 
here's how you need to talk about it. Here's our branding. Here's our messaging. Here's how, you know, we can help you along with commercials that you may be running or any type of collateral. Here's how we want our brand to show up. So a lot of that was really trying to help shape what, what that identity for Android was um, as they were going through this whole ecosystem play at the time. It's really interesting. We have some similarities, actually, to our first product marketing job origin story. I also wanted to be a brand manager coming out of business school. Um, But at that time, I was looking at CPG companies. I'm from the East Coast. And so, you know, Campbell's, J&J, there's a lot of big consumer brand companies that were there. And at the time, what is really interesting is nobody understood my background. My first degree was actually civil engineering. And I was in that building houses, building mixed-use properties, and it was right before the big crash of kind of 2007, 2008. Um, And I had decided to go back to business school to be a better manager to my team because in engineering curriculums, a lot of times they teach you to manage process and, you know, components and supply chain. They don't teach you how to deal with people. And I became a manager and I was like managing cross-functional teams of at least 40 people, all men, most of them twice my age. And I didn't feel like I had any people management skills. So I was like, you know, I'm going to get an MBA. When I see a lot of leaders at my companies, they all have MBAs. So it just felt like the right next move. In my first semester, um, the housing crisis basically started and I knew my project was going out of business. And I didn't want to stay and figure out what's next. So I decided to use um, getting my MBA as a pivot. And okay. in that same first semester, I had a marketing professor who said, marketing is very quantitative. It's not a soft skill. It's actually very quantitative and very metrics driven. And I had never heard that about marketing before. And yeah. she actually had a PhD in statistics. So I felt like this was my entry point as somebody who did a lot of engineering obviously did a lot of calculus and statistics and was very good with numbers to say, hey, I can take this quantitative skill and start to transition it into marketing. And like most MBA grads, I thought I wanted to be a brand manager. I still think brand management is actually very metric driven. But at the time, uh, what I was getting in feedback from interview was like, you're an engineer and you want to be a marketer. I don't get it. And when I stumbled upon the technology industry, which was not my plan at all, they were like, you're an engineer and you have this great MBA, which focused on marketing. Great. You will talk to my engineers and you will talk to my marketers. And those are two teams that don't often talk well to each other. And so before I think product marketing was a big thing, as big as it is now, they had a role called product marketing. And so I actually joined the eBay PayPal family into a startup that they bought doing transactional credit. And what I was doing is driving adoption of our portfolio product in the PayPal wallet. Um, So it was really fascinating um, to kind of come into that space and to figure out how can you understand your customer base. And in this case, we were dealing with existing customers. They were already using PayPal or they were already using eBay. And we were trying to get them to, you know, kind of cross sell and upsell and use an incremental product of ours. So it was a lot of understanding your audience. What do they care about? What do they value? you how can we create acquisition offers and campaigns and then drive usage of our products um so it's fascinating but the process to actually land product marketing much like it was like i fell into it you know i happen to be doing a lot of interviews i had a friend that worked at the company and was just like hey i think you might be a good fit also an mba graduate and just found a place 
But one of the reasons why we're doing this podcast is to try to demystify yes. how you get into That's product the, marketing. The biggest thing, because we often get a lot of questions about, well, how did you get into product marketing? And what are the resources that are out there? And we recognize there is a need for um, to help clear out, like, how do you break into this role, um, especially in the technology space? And I think what we've come down to is there's no right path. There's no, um, there's no clear pathway into that. That being said, there are a few programs out there that help people, and especially um, if you have a bachelor's degree um, or MBA um, to break in. So at a few companies, they have an associate product marketing manager program. And so it's typically geared towards people who are a couple of years out of college um, and gives them that intro to what a product marketer is. Uh, And there's also similar programs for MBA graduates as well, who are similar to yourself, took the path of, hey, I'm switching roles from engineering into marketing, and now I want to become a product marketer. How else would you say would be good markers to start? We both have MBAs. And, and we kind of fell into it, it post-MBA, and I think that that's actually a very, probably the most common entry point um, that I have seen. Uh, I still don't see a lot of curriculum in MBA programs really focused on product marketing, but I do think it does a good job of understanding the business strategy, yes. you know, understanding kind of the common P's of marketing four P's, sometimes seven P's, you know, but understanding, you know, that packaging, that positioning, that placement, pricing, sometimes in a product marketing role, sometimes not in a product marketing role. So I think it gives you that broad base kind of owning the business mindset and owning the strategy for a product line or for a business line, which is why I think we see MBAs. What else, what other entry points do you typically see for people coming into product marketing? Yeah, it's the outside of um, programs or if you just finished um, an MBA or a BA, I think another way that people come in um, is actually if you already are a marketing manager at another company, whether that's CPG or with advertising, um, I have seen quite a few people who were working in financial services or working in CPG or working on in retail and then making that switch over to a product marketer as well. Because to your point, a lot of the core skills that you need are pretty much the same. Like those four Ps, um, how do you message, how do you position, are all going to be a component of what a product marketer does. And it's interesting that you say that because I actually have my friends in non-tech industries now starting to have their title changed to product marketing or move into product marketing roles. I think back when we started, product marketing was almost like a tech industry thing. And now I think that they're moving that concept of just, you know, kind of that cross-functional leadership and understanding those pieces of marketing into every industry. So it's interesting, not only is that an entry point, I think they are starting to kind of builds bring in some best practices from the tech industry into other industries now so i think product marketing is bigger than tech now um, which is really interesting i also see a lot of business consulting strategy consultants and that's another big career kind of post mba and then people pivot into product marketing but even if you don't have an mba for the same reason i think as people who do have an mba business consulting understanding that strategic landscape they're really good about knowing the market 
You know, they're really good good at knowing the competition. They're really good at synthesizing information in a really crisp way, in a visual way. So I also think business or strategy consultants are, you know, probably number two behind MBAs that I see people enter. Yes. And then I think a little bit on the product management side. Have you ever seen product managers actually enter? I have, yes. I have... uh... It's funny now. Um, the new director at my current company, he is coming over from a product management side. So he's our new director of product marketing, but his whole background has been in product management. So I've seen that switch um, between the two of people who have built their career on the product management side and now coming into product marketing and then sometimes even making the switch back to product management as well or having the roles kind of blended together under one particular unit. So I think there are some similarities because, you know, product management has become known as like the CEO of the product who thinks about all these different components. And there is a, you know, a match between the two. And I like to think product marketing is the CMO of a particular product as well. So there are components you're looking at it and approaching it the same way. Like what is that customer, what is that customer knowledge? So are we bringing in voice of the customer about what's working, what's not, and how we can make improvements in the product? Sometimes that's a product marketer role. Sometimes that's product management. Sometimes it's a mix of both. Um, is a is a good component there. And I think, you know, you, you're going to be partners with product management and product marketers. So the natural switch between the two is you see it pretty often. Have you have you spent any time on the product management side? I have not. I've taken a course, though, in product management just so that it could help me one, work better with my product management team, yeah. Um, but also help me to, as a product marketer, making sure that I understand the technical components of what's going in there. Um, and just like learning more so that ability to speak their language to help have more influence in that space as well. I did a brief stint. Technically, I had a role where my title was product manager. I do still think it was a lot of go to market, but I was actually responsible for writing requirements. I had a technical counterpart that would make those technical, but really understanding the business ask and starting to document those use cases. I was one of those people. I spent most of my career in product marketing. I dotted just jumped across the line and I ran right back. I I didn't really love it. Um, You know, writing requirements just did not, it didn't bring me joy. Right. As as the common kind of phrase now, it didn't bring me joy. I miss the customer. I miss the market facing interaction for me being connected to the customers in the market felt like everything we were doing was building towards a bigger purpose and getting into those technical requirements and nuance. I felt a little lost and disconnected from the market. Looking for ways to reconnect with your customers? With Truly Marketing and Management, you can create fun and engaging social media campaigns. Whether you're looking to promote an event, find new customers, or provide online customer service, Truly is here for you. Truly Marketing and Management has a full range of services, from digital content creation to event management. If you're struggling to keep your brand consistent across multiple channels and platforms, don't stress, Truly can manage the rest. To let the world know your products are market ready, visit trulymanage.com slash market ready. That's T-R-U-E-L-I manage.com slash market ready to learn more.
Thank you to Truly Marketing and Management for sponsoring this episode. We truly appreciate that you're not only a sponsor, but you're a creative partner. And now back to our show. So that brings me to another question. So what is some of the career path in product marketing? We talked a little bit about how we landed. We talked a little bit about how it can be difficult (laughs) to land your first role. And unfortunately, there's a little serendipity to doing that. Um, But as we talk about how people can build these skill set and some common entry points, what can people expect once you are in product marketing, then where do you go? You mentioned that there's some associate programs. So kind of what happened for you and what is a career path that people can expect? Let's say that you do come in the path of an associate PMM role. I'm just going to talk in general. Usually the expectation is that you're in that role for at least a couple of years. Some programs even do a rotation as well, where you're um, in a particular business unit for, you know, a few months up to like a year and then you rotate around. Uh, Typically after that, you would become just a product marketing manager and taking on different roles and parts, probably assigned to a particular product as well so that you can have time with that. Um, Then leveling up to a senior product marketing manager as well. And then the next stage after that is either like a group product marketing manager where you're actually managing more people and probably even over a particular department. Then there's director level and then VP and above. So I think I think there's different pathways depending on what you want to do and how long you stay in a particular role is also up to the company, what you're working on, the product your own personal career goals that you want to have as well. Uh, but that's kind of like a standard pathway I've seen so far. I'm curious to know what about yourself? I, I agree. I tend to have spent most of my careers at smaller companies and startups. So to me, kind of product marketing manager is really meaty, right? Yes. Like you can <laughs> have that goal. kind of two to four years or so experience in product marketing. And then that can go up to like 15 years experience. Like that's a really meaty title and there's not a lot of level differentiation, I think within that title in particular, that's kind of the general catch all. And I think because it's a newer function, there's not so many clear steps and ladders um, as other functions. And I would say, depending on the size of your company, maybe there's a senior, maybe there's a not. Um, I think as you start getting probably to the point we are in our career, there becomes like, if there's no big distinction, kind of ahead of, is a great way to kind of give you a distinction. Yeah, you've been doing this probably seven to 10 or 12 years. Um, Maybe you're managing other product marketers, maybe you're not. Um, But it is a pretty meaty title. So I do want to level set expectations for people like, after you get your first promotion, you might not have a title jump for a that lot of years. That is also true. <laughs> yes, that is very true. It, it does have to do a lot. I agree with leveling and the amount of projects that you've taken on. And there's there's so much within a product that you can learn from year to year. And that doesn't necessarily mean that your title is going to change because you've been in a particular role on a particular team for a few years. I agree with that. Yeah. And I would say in particular where we are in Silicon Valley, you know, 10 plus years, maybe you get into the director range. Um, 
But there are some companies where directors also really high and really coveted exactly. and they don't do a lot of VP titles or they don't yes. do anything between director and C-suite. Um, so you also might see a wide range of di- directors from anywhere from 10 to 20 something years. Yes. And then typically I've seen head of uh, product marketing or VP kind of the top. I really haven't seen a lot of product marketing roles that are more senior than that. Um, but there is a concept of reporting into marketing and reporting into product. Have you, so, so do you have some views on that? You're smiling. So do you have some views on, I think what happens kind of after like a VP or leading a product marketing team depends on, are you reporting into marketing and you reporting into product? And I know some product marketers have some preferences. Do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, I feel that that's kind of the crossroads or like Venn diagram of where product marketing sits. (laughs) (laughs) I I think that um, how I've seen it, I guess, just based on my experience where product marketing has essentially rolled up to both organizations. So we have a head of product who is essentially leading that the whole entire business unit. Mm -hmm. And marketing is obviously a function as a part of that too. And so we have to report up to that head of product. But because we're technically marketers, we also roll up to the head of marketing as well. And so we're essentially straddled between those two units of, you know, product leading the cause and then also having our own marketing initiatives that we have to work on and are responsible for. And so so what do you think the benefits are? Like, what are the benefits of reporting up through marketing versus product? You know, that's a good question. I think the benefits of rolling up to product are that I'm of the mindset that the more that you know your product Mm -hmm. and the more that you sit closely with your product managers and your engineers and you have resources that are dedicated to that one particular product, you actually have better outcomes because everyone knows they're on the same page. There isn't misses. We all know the same information. If I have a question in regards to a bug that might have popped up, I know directly who to go for. And so we're all sitting in that same building, typically on the same floor, but even if if we're not, I know where your desk is. And so it makes it easier to have that. So I think there's, there's never going to be a miss of, well, I'm not going to say that there's, there's, there's (laughs) let me, let me take that back. (laughs) There can always be a miss. There's always probably going to be a miss, but at least I know that we are all dedicated to this one particular thing and that information is flowing and shared um, amongst the team. Yeah, I think you made a good point. Alignment and shared goals. I think that there's less finger pointing, so to speak, when product uh, marketing and product are on the same team. I've also heard strategically kind of earlier on my career, I won't say who said it, but um, one of my old bosses used to always say, like, you want to report up to product. Interesting. Yeah. And 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 the reason why I'm going to have a less like nice and tactical answer than you, I'm going to get like into a little bit of the nitty gritty, but it's like, you want to report up to product because we all know product and engineering usually have the big budgets. Product and engineering also are usually have longer term goals, right? Like they're Mm -hmm. not on the same kind of cycles of delivery as marketers and so for strategic purposes that they're like if you should be in the product organization because that's going to protect your job longer right and we know there's articles that have come out that you know the average tenure of a silicon valley cmo is two years so marketing is on the hook it's like you deliver or they start churning marketing people out so you could get new leaders that could cause reorgs that could cause a lot of spin but if you 
can get into that product organization where they always want product and engineering building for the long term. They're not on these crazy, you know, obviously they have sprints and obviously they have deliverables. I'm not trying to shortchange our technical counterparts, but it's not the same kind of demand that marketers come to. And you don't typically see heads of engineering or heads of product rotating out as much as marketing. So from a strategy perspective, he used to always say, get into the product org when you can get into the product org. That That being great advice. That's great (laughs) advice. But you know, that being said, I think sitting in the product org can create misalignment with marketing teams. It feels like that there's two marketing teams and I've been on the other side where there is friction, where they're not considering your product launches in their content calendar and you're having conflict on how many messages are coming out on the same day. And it almost felt like it was like, oh, you know, you're too good to sit in the marketing team. And it created a lot of friction in my experience when I didn't sit with the marketing org. Yes. Um, yeah. So so I think that there's kind of challenges on both sides. But I do think sometimes within the marketing org, you can have the technical teams not want to talk to you, not want to sit down with you, have this view of anything I tell marketing will instantly go public. I feel um, on that other side, when I have not sat with product, um, they underestimate the time that it takes to take a product to market. So they're just like, okay, the product's ready. And you're like, great. Um, I need at least four to six weeks, if not longer, if we want to do this right. Yeah. I can't just turn on messaging and pop this on a website and we're good to go. Um, so I feel like some of the downside of reporting into a marketing organization yeah. is that um, product does not get insight of the amount of time it takes to actually build a go-to-market strategy and then execute on that. Um, and then working, and oftentimes as a product marketing, you're working with other marketers. So like channel marketers, such as an yeah. email acquisition marketers, um, depending on if you have an agency or yeah. if you have a brand team, you're working with them. Um, depending on if you have a PR person or team or agency, um, working with them to, you know, especially if it's a bigger launch, how do you get a part of that news cycle, right. interact with the media? And so they just know that you're the product marketer and you're supposed to deliver and make this happen right. and make this pretty and get customers to buy it. But they don't have always have insight on the other channels and other ways that people that we have to work with in order to make this happen and that they also have their timelines and calendars that we're fighting for time on as well. And so I think it's always that education piece that you're doing when you don't sit within the product work as well. It's true. I, you know, I don't know if you have a preference. My personal preference has been, I actually felt like it was easier to win credibility with products sitting in the marketing org than I felt like it was to get marketing to let me in on their comms and news cycles sitting in the product door. So so my actual preference is I've had a better experience being on the marketing side and just building those technical relationships versus vice versa. But, I, you know, it could just be my experience. Yes. So what advice would you have? I, I, that kind of gives us a, a good broad section of like, how do you land? What skills do you need? What are the levels? And we're going to talk more in this season as we get into how do we actually work with product and how do we uh, yes. work with sales? That's so so we're going to get detailed about yes. some of these tips. But I would say if someone wants to get into product marketing, what is the advice that you give them? I would say the advice that I give them is really talk to 
again, it goes back to, and especially if you've been doing marketing before and you just may not have had the product marketing title or you're coming from another industry um, and kind of wanting to break into tech, really go down to the basics and talk about how you have launched or like a particular campaign you have worked on. So anything can be labeled as a product. So if you are a financial services firm, like your product may have been selling tax services yeah, or um, some type of financial services software. That's a product that you were working on and had to think about who the target audience was. You had to think about messaging, positioning. You hopefully had to talk to customers and really gauge how they were reacting to it. You had to think about the metrics and what were those metrics for success and like what were you actually, like what was the goal of that and what were you striving for? Those are all key components of being a product marketer. And so I think um, I tell people oftentimes like really focus on that and kind of reframe um, how you really looked at the marketing campaigns that you were doing or looking at um, or that you had run before and position it in a way that um, people can relate to. Because there are, again, there are some core things like inbound and outbound functions that you're going to be doing as a product marketer. And so how do you kind of bucket those things into those particular areas and use some of the buzzwords that yeah, are I was gonna into say product marketing. Inbound and outbound. We, yes. We're going to have to break that down in a different yes. episode because I think even there's a lot of people in marketing who really don't understand the difference between yes. inbound and outbound. So we'll have to put that on our personal roadmap. I would say you, you, t- you touched on it and teased a lot. You said a lot about messaging and positioning, but I think your overall explanation about how it goes is for me, I think one of the biggest differentiators is GTN, running a go-to-market. Yes. And I really think that that just is what differentiates us from other marketers. I think that there's pieces and parts of marketing. We might be running campaigns, like you said. We might be doing PR. We might be creating content. I think that there's pieces of almost every marketing function, brand even, yes. uh, that come into product marketing. But I do not think a go-to-market and, and how to be strategic about that is really an other marketing function. So to me, that is one of the biggest differentiators and good news. We have the All About GTM episode coming up. We do. So I want to close with questions. And one of the questions we got when we kind of surveyed people about what they wanted to hear and what they wanted to know is probably less of a question for us, but we can add to it. But we actually asked managers that we surveyed, what is the biggest thing that they wish prospective product marketers knew? And so what came up was, cross-functional was the kind of the key buzz were cross-functional communication and cross-functional leadership, you know, influencing without authority. So I want to ask you one, what do you think about this concept of kind of being cross-functional as a product marketer? And then two, you as a hiring manager, like what skill set would you want people who are trying to get in this space to have? Yes. So this whole cross-functional collaboration is essentially (laughs) the number one soft skill that you need to have as a product marketer. Hands down, point blank, period. There's no going past go (laughs) without this skill. You are going to work with so many different people, personalities, titles within this organization. And you have to be able to communicate both up and down as as for where you sit. And across. And across. (laughs) Um, communication all around 360 communication so you have to uh, really be able to 
one rally a team behind your go-to-market strategy and what you're trying to do, why this is important. And you're going to have to do that for product, for engineering, for other marketing managers that you're going to be working with, for um, your director and your and whoever you know is managing up from them, from the team below you and why this, this is um, important for them. Um, your customer success team, your sales team, your... Um, her, it could be something. anybody, it legal. Could be a, a legal team. Executive so, team. Executive I mean, there's team. so yes. many different, yes. there's hardly functions that I think product marketing doesn't touch except exactly. for maybe engineering. I don't know about your experience, but um, and if your organization is big enough to have a product management team, then oftentimes they block and tackle all of the market-facing teams from engineering. Uh, but I do I do agree. Cross-functional skill sets, communication skill sets are probably number one. I would say number two to that is kind of going back to what you said, messaging and positioning. And I want to hit on the positioning probably in a different way than we talked about is really understanding how to position your product and or your brand and or your company. Um, Understanding where there's white space in the market. I think people hear messaging and positioning and they really lean on messaging. Right? Yes. We do this. This is what the product does. This is what it does. This is what it does for you. Here's yes. the value props. But I think what is missing is an opportunity to actually look at the landscape and think about the positioning you have. Where is there an opportunity? Sometimes, and I think the message is really born out of the positioning. Yes. Right? Where is there white space opportunity to differentiate yourself? And I always talk about this with candidates, in particular marketing candidates. You are your first product. Okay. So how you market yourself, you know, I think marketing, unfortunately, we're particularly particular if you can't market yourself well and you know yourself and you've been with yourself your whole life. What are you going to do with my product? So I think it's right. So I think it's most important to think about that. And sometimes understanding your differentiators, understanding how you language and do storytelling around that is really important. And so a lot of times people, I think, shy away from differentiators. But when I actually talk about myself as a marketer, right, I I lean in and I say, like, you know, I'm an ad tech or I'm a MarTech marketer uh, and I'm a B2B marketer. Like I, I, I give specifics and sometimes people are like, oh, well, what about this and what about that? I'm like, the skill set is transferable. Yes. If I'm in a conversation, I can do a lot of things, but what do I specifically do? Lean into those differentiators because I think, you know, for me, understanding like, hey, I've been a decade in advertising technology, right? right? That doesn't mean I haven't touched data or location or things that are tangentially related, but it helps people get their arms around like, what do you do? And I think a lot of candidates to me are open to everything. I can do this. I can do that. I'm open. I'm open. And they think it's really positive. But on the flip side, when people are really busy, they don't know what to do. They don't know what to do with your profile. You could do anything. So none of that is specific versus when I say, I'm a B2B marketer in advertising technology, and I want to have XYZ role. When somebody sees that role, then they can send it to me because I was very clear. So I actually think not only thinking about understanding messaging and positioning for your product that you want to do, but thinking about messaging and positioning for yourself. Where is their unique differentiation? If everybody's doing content or everybody's doing this, where can you be rare and differentiated and stand out in the market? That is great advice. I would say I would add just a couple more things to that. One, you talked um, a lot about 
really making sure that you understand your product and that white space of where you plan. And one of, uh, one of, at my last company, one of the things that we always used to talk about, and I thought it was really good is where do we play? Yeah. And being clear on where do we play? Um, and so I think knowing that and having a clear understanding of where your product plays in the whole landscape of a competitive marketplace, yeah. any place that right now where how the world works is that you're always going to have a competitor, multiple competitors. So you have to find out the where you play, that white space um, and what makes you so different from your customers. And oftentimes saying, okay, well, we are specifically for small businesses under 500 people and that's okay. And we're not trying to go over that. We have mastered that particular space and that's okay. Um, and so as a product marketer, you are going to be responsible for where do we play and defining, you know, here's our market and that's what we're going to hone in on. And that's where we're going to focus on and make, make our products better for that particular place. And there's always a concept of land and expand. Yes. Where you play t- today is not maybe where you play tomorrow. Right. Sure. And I think Android going back to kind of your example and your journey is a good example Android kind of started as an operating system and that's what it is, right? And because you had an OS, it launched into an app store. And now today, it's a whole ecosystem. Whole ecosystem. (laughs) You know, and and I'm bought into it. You know, I'm probably one of the few people in Silicon Valley that's bought into it. I'm still an Android lover. (laughs) Uh, After working on it for so many years, I cannot switch back. But to see how it's grown in the space, you know, and it's, it's funny because this is again, and I, and I'm going to tell, do some storytelling because I think it talks about understanding your customer needs and preferences as a technologist, as somebody who's a tech geek is somebody who likes tinkering the reason why i ditched the iphone so long ago is because the user experience is standardized and it's the exact thing that most people love about ios exactly you go to the phone you go to it's all standardized and they've gotten a little bit better where now you can have you know folders and there's a little bit more play in it but android came out taking that from android <laughs> but Android came out and they had like widgets and they had the concept that all of your apps were not the same size. And I got to customize my screen in every single screen. And so as somebody who wasn't looking for my technology to be simple, right. but I'm fine with technology being, you know, complicated or a little bit complex or at least not necessarily intuitive, having a learning curve because I'm a technologist and I like to tinker, but it let me customize to my thing and my personality I really loved it. And I was like, to me, there was no differentiation between my phone and somebody else's iPhone. And I really wanted that. I really sought that out. Um, So to me, that's the thing that captured my attention and it's kept me in the Android ecosystem. And again, as it's growing and growing and now all of these pieces of your photos and your videos and your drive and, you know, all of these things have come online all the way to hardware. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's built out into an ecosystem. It's been really exciting for me to see. And I have really stayed and I've become an enthusiast. So I think, again, knowing your customer and understanding that there's different customer profiles out there and they did a really good job of not trying to be a me too of iOS, but finding the white space and finding the differentiation and really capturing people's attention who didn't like it. And there's nothing wrong with it. I'm not trying to downplay iOS, right? Like there's quality there. There's an industry standard there. It was a customer preference 
I am a different customer profile and I wanted and had needs for something different. And they saw that white space opportunity and they saw that needs in the market. Exactly. I think that's a good place to stop. Awesome. Great. Well, next time, what are we going to be talking about? A day in the life of product marketing. Like what? What do we do on a daily basis? What do we do? (laughs) Which is going to be really hard because there's no standard. There's no standard. But we'll give you some insight into what we do um, and hopefully demystify this whole process. And that eventually we're also going to be talking with other product marketers as well in terms of what they do. So you'll get more perspective on that. Yeah, we have exciting things coming up. Not only, you know, what a day in the life is, we're going to really deep dive into what go to market is. We're going to have tales from the field. We're going to talk about working with all of these different counterparts of what it's like to work with product versus sales versus other marketers. So an exciting season. Stay tuned. Thank you to our sponsor, Truly Marketing and Management. If you're looking for ways for your customers to feel more connected to your products and services, Truly can help you. To let the world know your brand is market ready, visit trulymanage.com slash market ready. That's T-R-U-E-L-I manage.com slash market ready to learn more. This show was produced by the Market Ready team. Sound mixed and edited by Full Spectrum Productions with original music from Damani Rhodes. Thank you again for listening and feel free to connect with us at Market Ready Podcast on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn.